Welcome to the Property Magic Podcast. My name is Simon Zucci, and in this podcast, I'm going to deep dive into the property investing strategies and investor mindset for my book, Property Magic. I will also share real estate investing hints, tips, and tricks, which I normally only share on my Property Mastermind Mentorship. Hello, and welcome to episode number 12 of the Property Magic Podcast in which I'm going to share with you how to fund your property purchases and the different sources of deposit money that you can use. I'll also explain how you can pay off your own home mortgage in eight to 10 years and how you can use hidden assets that you may have never even thought about to fund your property investments. Now, we've got a lot to cover in this episode, and this is really important because one of the biggest blocks that prevents people moving forward with their investing is they think they don't have enough money for deposits. Now, as I shared with you in episode 10 of this podcast, there are ways of buying and acquiring property with low and even no money down. So why not listen to that episode after this one? But in this episode, I want to focus on how you can actually raise deposit money. Now, another thing to mention here is also people worry that they can't actually get mortgages because maybe they don't earn enough. And I often speak to people and say, well, do you know if you can get a mortgage or not? And they said, well, no, I've not actually tried. So I would encourage you to find a really good mortgage broker and you can go to one of the property investor network meetings to find one of them and get them to see if you can get mortgages or not. And then at least you'll know. Now, a lot of people worry they don't have enough income coming in and thus they won't be able to get mortgages. But actually, when you get an investment mortgage, it's based more on the rental income coming from the property rather than your income, because obviously you don't actually live there. And there are lenders who will actually allow you to set up a new company. And even with no experience, they'll give you buy to let mortgages and they just want to see a little bit of an income coming in. Now, I don't want to recommend any particular lenders because obviously things change over time. And so, again, go to your local property investor network, your PIN meeting and find a really good mortgage broker who'll be able to give you the latest up to date information. Okay, so now let's focus on what are the different sources of deposit money? Well, the obvious one is if you have savings and that might be money you've saved over time. It might be redundancy. It might be inheritance. Whatever it is, it's some cash in the bank that's probably not doing a lot for you in the bank right now. And using that money first is obviously the best way to fund your next few property purchases. The problem is if people don't have money in the bank, they automatically assume that they can't invest in property. And that's just simply not the case. The way most people get into property is by releasing equity from existing property. Usually that's their own home, or maybe it's an inherited property, or maybe they've got a random investment property. They became an accidental landlord that's gone up in value and they can release some of the equity from that to fund their future purchases. And we're going to talk about that in this particular podcast. But also a couple other ways I just want to mention, maybe you run your own business and it's a good profitable business and you have retained profit in your business. Well, you as a director can borrow money from your business and use that to fund your investments. Now, it's important that you do pay that money back at some time. I think it's usually within nine months. Otherwise, the tax man might treat that as a dividend. But money in your business is certainly something you can use. 
also money from your pension. Now, if you're over 55, you can release 25% of your pension. And if you're under 55, you could set up what's called a SAS, a small self-administered scheme. And that's a pension attached to your business. Now, even if you work for someone else, you can still have a business and that might be your property business or something else. And you can have a SAS attached to it. You could put money into that from other schemes. You can put £40,000 of your profit in each year and you can backdate that for three years as well. So you can build up quite a nice little pot and you can use that money to invest in certain types of property. There are rules. You have to make sure you adhere to those rules, obviously. And also you can lend that money to other people. So I actually took my final salary from Cadbury's, I turned it into a SaaS, and I now lend that to other people, and uh, people lend me their pension money, and it's a great way of funding your deals. Um, there are also companies. Once you have a business, there are companies that will make loans to businesses. That's another great way of getting enough deposit to fund your property investment. And then there are people you're going to know. People you know who are friends and family, they know you, they like you, they trust you, and they've got money in the bank or they've got equity and property, and they would love to get a better return on their money. And if you know how to reach out to them in the right way, maybe they can help fund some of your property investments. And also there are other investors. There are people who go to property training events, who go to property networking events, who've got money but they don't have the time, the knowledge or the energy to actually invest themselves. And they're looking for people like you who can help them. So there are all these different ways you can fund your deals. And in fact, I want to give you a little gift. I want to give you something called the hidden assets test. It's a way of identifying different resources and assets that you may not have thought about that you could actually use to fund your deposits. So it's completely free of charge and there's going to be a link in the show notes, but let me give you the web address now. It's www.hiddenassetstest.com. Hiddenassetstest.com. If you go there, fill it in. It's a very short questionnaire and you'll get a report that helps you stimulate your thinking about where you might get money to fund your next property investments. What I want to focus on now, though, is a strategy that applies to most people, which is using equity from your own home. Now, you might think, well, I've been trying to pay down my mortgage. And as homeowners, that's what we're told is a good thing to do. But actually, there's a way of using the equity in your property to invest in other investment properties. And then you can pay off your home mortgage in about eight to 10 years. So let me explain how that works. Now, I'm going to go through quite a few numbers here, and you might want to get a pen and paper to be able to write this down. And you know, if you're just listening, if you're jogging or you're walking the dog, or whatever, listen to this now, then maybe go back and write down the numbers so you really get this example. So let's say you've got a property worth £400,000. And like most people, you've been trying to pay that mortgage off over a number of years. And maybe there's just £60,000 left on the mortgage. Now, in 10 years time, that property might have gone up to maybe 800,000. It could have doubled in that time period. Property prices don't always double, but it's happened in the past. And let's say it happens again. And in that 10 years, maybe you've worked hard to pay down the remaining 60,000 pound mortgage. So you get to the point in 10 years time, you've got a house worth 800,000 pounds you live in, you've got no mortgage. How would that feel? Pretty good, right? You've got lots of assets. The problem is, you may not have much cash. And what happens very often when people retire, they don't have as much income coming in and they can't afford to live in the nice big house that they've paid off. 
because they can't afford to heat all the rooms. And, you know, there are running costs of big houses. And what happens is sometimes people just use a small part of that property or they even downsize. They sell the property to move to a smaller property, a cheaper area to give them some cash in the bank to actually live on. It's what we call the equity trap. But there is another solution. So instead of paying that mortgage down over 10 years, let's think about using the assets in a different way. So let's go back to the original example. You've got a house worth 400,000 now, and you've got a mortgage of 60,000 pounds. So instead of paying that mortgage down, you could remortgage that property. Now, based on your personal income, you could potentially borrow up to, let's say, 75% of the value of that property. So if the property is worth 400,000, 75% of that is 300,000. Now you've got an existing mortgage of 60 on there. You get a new mortgage of 300. Now you do that in one or two ways. You either go for what's called a further advance to your existing lender who you've borrowed 60,000 from at the moment and they'll give you an extra 240. Or you go to a new mortgage company, you borrow 300, you'd have to pay off the first loan of 60. But basically you'd have 240 left over to invest in property. Okay, now what some people do, they take that 240 and they go and buy just one property for cash because they don't want to have a mortgage on it. However, if you buy just one property, well, you're only going to get a limited amount of income from that. And the real benefit of being a property investor is being able to get leverage. What that means is you can take that money and maybe you could buy a number of properties. So let's take 200 of that 240 and we're going to use that as deposits and the balance of 40 we're going to use for the buying costs. So let's say we take the 200,000 and we break it into four chunks of 50,000. And with the 50,000 pound deposit, we could buy another 200,000 pound property. So 25% deposit is 50,000. We get a buy to let mortgage for 150 that makes a total purchase price of 200 and then we maybe use 10,000 for the buying costs for the stamp duty the legals etc so in this way you can take your 240,000 you use 200 for the deposits four times 50,000 and you got 40,000 for all the buying costs now you wouldn't necessarily go and buy four houses in one go that probably wouldn't be the best thing to do you go and buy one house you get it set up, get it all ready, make sure you that was working well for you. Then you get another one, then another, then another. So it might take you might take you a year or two to allocate all of this money. But in that one or two year period, you buy four investment properties, which is pretty good going for most people. So let's just look at a summary here. Now, your own house was worth £400,000. You still have that. And you've got four rental properties worth £200,000 each. So four times 200 is 800. So add the total assets together, your own home at 400, the rental properties at 800. You've got net total assets of 1.2 million. Now, obviously, you've got some debt on that. So you've got your own home mortgage at 300000 You'll have four buy-to-let mortgages at 150,000, so that's a total of 600. If you add those together, that means you've got total debt of 900,000 pounds. Now, let me ask you a question. Does it feel a bit scary to have 900,000 pounds or even more of debt? Well, for most people it does, but you've got to remember who's going to be paying this debt. The tenants who are in your rental properties are going to be paying enough rent on each of the properties to more than cover the cost there and hopefully generate a profit for you. That's the whole point. 
And what that means is that actually the borrowing from your own home, you also cover that cost as well. So doing this in the correct way, what you're doing is you're taking asset from your own home, the equity there, and you're reallocating it across a number of different properties to generate an income to cover the cost of all the borrowing. Now, why would we do this? Well, remember, we believe that in the UK, there's a limited supply of accommodation and there's an increasing population. So over the long term, property prices go up and rents also go up as well. Now, prices don't always go up. They're cyclical. They go up and they go down in any market. But the long term trend is up. So let's say in 10 years time, those investment properties you bought for £200,000 might all be worth £400,000 now. So that means you've got four investment properties worth 400,000 is a total of 1.6 million. And the mortgages on those, remember, is 150,000 for each of the four properties. So that's 600,000. Therefore, what that means is you've got a million pounds of equity, a million pounds of equity, because you've got debts of 600 and you've got assets, the four houses at 400 each of 1.6. That's a million pounds of equity that you didn't have before, which is pretty cool. Now, what you could do, you could remortgage those four houses. Remember, the current mortgages are 150,000, so 600,000 in total. But if you were to remortgage them up to maybe uh, 900,000, and by the way, the, remember the value of the property is at 1.6. So you're going up to 900, which is less than 60% loan to value. If you're increasing the borrowing from 600 to 900, that means you can release 300,000 pounds. You can use that 300,000 to pay back and pay off your own home mortgage. What that means is, You'll have your own home completely debt-free, which at this time will be worth maybe 800000 Plus, you'll still own the four rental properties that will have £700,000 of equity, and you get a positive cash flow. Now, this is a pretty good scenario for you because rather than just paying down your own mortgage, which is what most people do, you can use the assets to buy more property and use the growth in those properties to clear your own debt and still have these assets. And that's pretty good. But what about a bit further down the line? Hopefully you're going to be here for a lot longer than 10 years. So let's think about what might happen after 20 years. So you still got your four buy-to-let properties. You bought them originally for 200,000. Maybe they went to 400,000 after 10 years. And then another 10 years, so 20 years after you first bought them, they might be worth 800,000. Now, I know that might seem like a lot of money now. But as someone who's been investing for over 20 years myself, I can tell you when I was first buying properties, they seemed very expensive compared to everything else in the market. But over time, we have, you know, rents and values go up due to inflation as well as market growth. And, you know, I've got properties I bought 20 years ago that have doubled and doubled again and a bit more in over 20 years. So this absolutely can happen. Doesn't mean it's going to happen in the future but it's happened in the past and it could well happen again. So let's just assume for the minute that it does happen. So your properties have gone up in value to 400,000 after 10 years to 800,000 after 20 years. That means you've got 3.2 million pounds of investment properties, four properties at 800,000 pounds each. And your buy-to-let mortgages would be 
900,000, because remember after 10 years, you remortgage them from 600 up to 900 to release the 300 to pay off your own home. So your investment property of 900,000, your mortgages of 900,000, your total value of 3.2 million, that means you've got equity in your portfolio of 2.3 million pounds plus you've got monthly cash flow coming through. Oh, and also you still own your house, which you paid off, which might be worth about 1.6 million by this time. So this means you're in a pretty good position. I mean, how long would it take the average person to save 2.3 million pounds? Well, it's just not gonna happen. And you've not had to buy hundreds of properties here. All you've done is bought four properties and then you've waited for time to do its trick and actually the value of these properties to go up over time. And it's really important to understand that concept. What this means is you can actually clear your home mortgage, you can build a solid pension fund and generate positive cash flow forever. And that's the great thing I love about investing in property. You work once, but you get paid forever. This is incredibly powerful. Now, Obviously, you've got to learn how to find the right kind of property deals. Uh, sometimes people make mistakes, and that's why educating yourself is really important. And so that's why I'm putting this podcast out there to give you more information than I have in my book. If you haven't read Property Magic yet, maybe you should go and read that. Um, get the latest edition, of course. It's also available on audio, on Audible, if you prefer to listen rather than read books. So go and read that. And if you've read it, read it again, because I'm sure you'll see things you missed the first time round. And that's because, you know, we can't take all the information in the first time. And also the second time you read or listen to something, you're in a different place because you've got more knowledge than the first time because you've actually gone through the, the training in the first time. So I really encourage you to listen to these podcasts again and make notes and take some of this valuable information and put it into practice. So what we've talked about in this podcast is different ways of raising the deposit for your property investing. And we focused on the main way, which is releasing equity from your own home. Now, for you to be able to remortgage your own home, obviously you need to have a decent income to do that. And very often I meet people who they've got a nice valuable property and they've got no mortgage at all and they don't have any income or very little income they can prove. So what some people do, and this is a bit drastic, but I wanna share this with you as an idea because maybe it might be relevant to you. What some people do is they actually move out of their own home, they go and rent another property for them to actually live in, and they turn their own home into an investment property. And they get what's called a let to buy mortgage, and what that means is they go to a mortgage company, say, hey, we've got this, this is our home. We want to move out. We want to be able to rent this out to people. And the mortgage lender will then release a whole load of capital for them to go and buy another property if they want. But obviously you can use that to buy further investment properties. Now, it's a bit of a strange concept moving out of the place where you live that you own to then go and rent a property. But the reason people do that is they recognize the value of investing in property. They recognize this is a way to build a pension for the future and leave a legacy for your kids. And so maybe it's worth making some short-term sacrifices now to get massive long-term benefit. 
So there are always ways of funding your property investment. As we talked about in episode number 10, once you run out of your own money, which you will do, you can then think about using other people's money, whether that's through a joint venture where you go into business with someone and you're sharing the risk and the reward, you find the property they put the money in, or maybe even it's just a private loan. Someone who's got money in the bank doing nothing for them, you can borrow their money, you give them a fixed return, and then you basically use their money to buy the property and then you refinance it or you replace it by some other method to give them their money back. We're going to do more about raising private finance in future editions of this particular podcast. But I really would encourage you a couple of actions from this particular podcast is find yourself a good independent mortgage broker. A lot of people make the mistake of going to their bank, their high street bank and asking them and they really are not the best people to fund your property investments. So go and get an independent mortgage broker who's got access to the whole market. You can find one of those at your local PIN meeting. Listen to this podcast again, write down the figures. And obviously I've picked some figures based on average values. You know, your property might be worth more than 400 or less than 400. You might have a bigger or smaller mortgage than the example I moved, uh, I used today. So what I suggest you do is go through this example, but then apply your personal figures and work out what you can do with the help of an independent mortgage broker. Make sure you also go and take that hidden assets test as it will help you think about some of the resources you have to use, but that you might not be aware of right now. Now, the next episode of the Property Magic Podcast, I'm going to talk about how you can achieve your property goals. I'm going to talk about advanced goal setting techniques and how you can achieve more in less time. So until next time, remember to always invest with knowledge, invest with skill. Thanks for listening to the Property Magic Podcast. To get this week's show notes, please visit www.propertymagicbook.co.uk forward slash podcast. You can contact me via LinkedIn. You can follow me on social media. And I highly recommend you subscribe to my YouTube channel to watch loads of valuable property trading for free. All of the details are available in the show notes. Until next time, invest with knowledge, invest with skill.